Okay, we're we're recording. All right, what? take two. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 I'm Steph. And I'm KB. And And we we are Activate Podcast. We are two Jesus-loving mamas who may cuss a little. This podcast is our passion. Get ready to tag along through the ups and downs of our crazy lives. We're going to bring you guests that will inspire and encourage you to grow in your health and in your faith. We will talk about parenting, relationships, fitness, and nutrition. We will bring you the latest fashion tips and share all of our favorite things. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you some laughs and relatable, inspiring content that will encourage you to activate your life. Thanks for having me. All right. So you probably have no idea what is happening if you're just tuning in. I've always kept private the fact that my mom struggled as well for a really long time. You know, we had talked, I don't know, maybe six months into her sobriety about when she hit a year that maybe she would be willing to share her testimony. And she recently actually did, which I wasn't going to ask her because it was never something that was like openly talked about. But once she like kind of put it out there, I thought, well, maybe now would be the time. So do you think that your you all obviously always felt guilt or wanted to help him? And that's and all of these things, obviously, that you had been through. When did your. Right. Thank you. So, you know, as thank you for asking that question, Um, as all this occurred um, throughout our lives, you know, of course, this took quite a toll on my mom. And, um, you know, um, from being angry and hurt and nervous and fearful, um, she relied pretty heavily on her kids. Um, and um, I kind of was the one that she talked to a lot on the phone. And, you know, through growing up, just kind of tried to be that fixer. Mm-hmm. And um, it was hard. There were many, 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 many phone calls. And, and, uh, you know, I didn't know who to talk to. I just didn't know who to talk to um, about it. And I'm not sure when um, my drinking escalated, but um, it became um, something that I knew that, oh, this calms me down because sometimes I would just be mm-hmm. an anxious mess and I had to pull it back together, you know, for my family. Um, so, um, anyway, fast forwarding with Chad, um, trying to, I'm sorry. It's okay. I think you should, I mean, so then, I mean, Fast forwarding with Chad, we tried treatment several times. He went to seven or eight different treatment facilities, spent every last dime that he had accumulated in his successful career, and he lost his family. And he, you know, he did the things, but he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't. We did interventions, we did everything that a family could do, and nothing just seemed to work for him. And the last, you know, few years of his life, he was very much just 
laying on a couch and, and drinking. And we there was nothing that any of us could do. And it's the most helpless, horrible feeling as his family to just be watching him die and knowing that there's nothing you can do about it. You've like you've exhausted every option that you know is available to try and help someone and there's nothing that we could do for him. And I think we all kind of knew that I mean Chad's gonna die. We don't know when, we don't know how, but he's not he's not going to get better from this. And yeah, I mean, I was asleep one night and my phone rang around midnight and it was his, it was Tara, his ex-wife. And she just said, he's gone. And, you know, I mean, he, I mean, he died alone in a hotel room. It's just the, the saddest, most horrible ending to what could have been the most beautiful life, but he was just so hurt for so long and so sad. And like mom is saying, like he just couldn't, you know, he just couldn't get past it. And in the end, we have peace knowing that he's with all the people that he was here missing. And, um, you know, it's, it's so then, so then Chad dies and our mom is actively (laughs) extremely, extremely, extremely sick. And so I think we need to like bring it back to you and your story. Um, so yes, at the time we got the phone call, I think that I didn't even get the phone call the night that it came through because I was drinking Mm -hmm. heavily at this point and, uh, couldn't even honestly feel the pain that I needed to be feeling at that point. I was just numb and in shock. Um, uh, we couldn't do a funeral because of COVID. So, you know, that was something we had to think about too. Um, I actually became a mess after that and um, went to treatment myself for a month after that happened and got out after that month and knew that um, I needed to get myself together because we ne- we needed to plan a Chad deserved a beautiful sending off. Um, um, and so I was able to do that. And um, we, Kristen came home at some point and, and between my brother and her and my other daughter and, we were able to get arrangements around. My heart was hurting so bad because it was so hard to find um, anybody to sing for the funeral. And um, and anyway, somehow, you know, the Lord started working in my life. And I prayed so hard and I, and I, our church had been closed due to COVID and um, another church was just calling to me. And although I loved my church that I was, uh, had previously been going to and all the people that were there, this church just called out to me and it was just so full of the Holy spirit and life. And, and it just got me praying and prayers started being answered in my life. And one was this beautiful sending off that we were able to have for Chad. Um, 
Yeah, and it, it was a beautiful day. And with that being said, um, you know, I got a, a few good weeks in after that sober, but it wasn't long, and I was back. I was back to drinking heavy again. And I was so sick, and I didn't ever think that my drinking would ever come to that. You know, I knew better. I I was enough, I thought, of a functioning alcoholic that I could, I could still fake it, and I could still be there for people. And, you know, all the while, I wasn't at the end of my drinking career. And so... Um, I believe Kristen got me in the last time, huh? Mm -hmm. Got me into the Hazelden Betty Ford Treatment Center. And um, and I just have to tell you all that I have never been so sick in all my life. There was not one part of my body that didn't hurt, but I was so sick I still had to keep drinking. I couldn't not drink. But yet it made people, me sick to drink. People maybe don't realize that it's it's more dangerous to detox from alcohol than any drug, than heroin, than anything else. Like people die from detoxing. So her body was so accustomed to having alcohol in it. It's it's just like why you can't stop taking a med cold turkey, right? You have to like taper off and it's a whole process and you can have seizures and die. Um, so, I mean, she was, I, feel, I mean, I... I'm like, it's interesting because I'm like feeling like, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's just like bringing me back because that was like such a hard, hard, hard time for our family. It was like, do we let mom die or do we try one more time? Like, because how many times in treatment was that? The fourth or third? Third. 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 So, you know, it, it, we tried and it didn't work. And she was, you were adamant mom that it didn't work. Like she didn't want to go to Hazelden because Chad went and it didn't work for Chad. Chad died, you know, like, so it felt like she just didn't have any hope. And it felt like if she has no hope, how are we supposed to have hope? How we can't make her better. And if she doesn't believe she can get better and she doesn't believe these places can help her, then like, what the hell can we even do for, for her? And it was, you know, just like multiple, multiple, f just phone calls back and forth. Like my, me, my dad, my sister, like, what are we, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And no one knows what to do. And if, you know, we, we'd done, you know, we'd done the like interventions and tried to have these talks and, you know, I, maybe it was that you just always thought maybe you could do it, or you just were so desperate not to have to come to terms with it or what, but like, it just, you know, it would work for a while. And it, it's been scary for me because you've had 18 months sober before mm -hmm. and that, so that we're at one year right now, you know? And so it, it, as much as I like bask in the beauty of how this feels to have a sober mom and to have my actual mom back, it's still, it's still in the back of my mind sometimes when I know that she did so well for so long, but I will say and this is your whole, the whole thing you wanted to share about mom is that like mm -hmm. the whole thing that changed this time, the difference this time is that she leaned into the Holy spirit and relied on God for her, um, you know, for her healing journey instead of, you know, the doing the, I mean, she, sure you've, you've been through the, the steps and, you know, gone to AA and did those things and checked those boxes, but nothing actually changed until she allowed 
God in and, you know, the Holy Spirit to come in and change her heart. And she's, you know, she's at Bible studies, I don't know, twice a week and she's involved in her church and she's doing all of these things. And to me, this one, this time just feels so different because she's doing something so different and she's a completely different person. Like I can barely swear around her now. (laughs) Well, wow. Hearing all of the pain and knowing, you know, I think one of the most important parts is for me too, being a drinker for so long and knowing that's how I always dealt with things is being able to, you know, when he started telling the story, you said it kind of starts a long time ago. And that's very important to know. A lot of people, I've said it on this podcast, I don't know what came first, the drinking or the problem. You know, I love drinking. Drinking was my best mm-hmm. friend. <laughs> like, yep. it was, you know, so what came first? What, but there is pain and hurts and all of these stories. And obviously, everybody that's listening and Kristen knows this too. And, you know, me being so supportive of Kristen and I've prayed for you for so long too, just because she's, you know, my best friend and I know how hurt she was. And it was like, she was trying to mourn the passing of Chad too, but yet here's her mom so sick. And, you know, it is hard for people. It's hard being the person. It's hard being the drinker. It's hard, you know, of course you didn't want to intentionally hurt your family. Um, but once you're in it and that's the thing that keeps you safe in the numbness, no one can understand that either. Um, but obviously we know that God can heal and I'm so glad you're doing all the things, but what I'm really hearing is you were finally released from the pain or the guilt or whatever you thought you weren't able to give Chad the day that you were able to give him the proper send off and knowing now that too, like he is in the perfect place and all of that, like, yes, it still hurts. And, you know, maybe there for me, I'm just a person that holds on to guilt. Um, And what I'm learning through my own therapy is she keeps saying, what are you, what did you do to, to be guilty of. And I'm like, well, actually nothing, (laughs) actually nothing. And she's like, then it's not guilt, but that's what it feels like. And I'm learning it's over compassion. And what you said, I've always, even when I was a young girl too, my mom used to always say like, you can't save everybody. But when you know that you have extreme pain and you're trying to be strong for everybody else, that takes so much energy and work and, you know, I, I can feel all of those same things that you feel. And I just, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so glad that you have really leaned into the church. Um, I have not gone through any steps. Um, I just told my son one day that I wasn't going to drink anymore. And that was enough for me. Um, but it was enough for me because I put my trust in God too. And for me, I know the 12 steps work for a lot of people. For me, I don't want to, I don't want to own being an alcoholic, right? So that it's just like a stubborn part of me. But I, I know that, you know, it really comes down to everybody kind of has a different way in which that they can heal. And, you know, even with Chad or with you or with me or whatever, you know, it is the generational things that we have to break. And it is, you know, my heart breaks for Chad too. Like all he ever wanted was to be seen. Like, you know, when you don't have a parent or parents that love you, that will, you know, that, that does, it can ruin your life, your entire life. And like you were saying, he really just longed for your dad, or he just really was always looking for, it's hard for somebody to be a parent if they've never had that love. And so it's really important for people 
you got to work, man, you got to work and you got to pull yourself out of that and you have to get help and you have to get therapy and you have to go back to those hard moments that maybe you don't want to relive and you have to find a way. Um, and it's, I'm just, I am so proud of you and I'm, you know, I'm really, um, just happy to see Kristen like have her mom and, you know, I don't know if you saw, but like when she was back home, like just taking a picture of you in your garden and like, man, look at her in her garden or, you know, how you will just do anything for Asher and make sure that he has the most fun. And, you know, those are not things that you probably were able to do when you were sick. And, um, you know, I I pray that it lasts. And I think, God is the way, you know, we know that. Right. And, you know, for anyone who's listening out there, I, you know, I would never honestly downplay AA because it is great. And I do believe in it. And I have done the steps. I just had so um, many people reaching out to me from my church. And, um, you know, it it was what it really came down to was there was an AA meeting and there was a Bible study and I prayed and prayed and prayed, Lord God, I can't go back. I cannot go back to that life. Will you guide me, you know, guide me where, which, which way should I go? And for me, for me, it's been my faithful Bible studies three, four times a week at least. And um, other things, but please, for anyone that's out there listening, if, if AA is what works for you, Absolutely. please make sure you follow it because it is a great, it is great. And, you know, I just want to say that um, I could just, before I left, I could feel prayers from my family starting to work in my life. I mean, I could feel God was moving in my life. Something was changing, even in the distraught state that I was in. And um, my husband had gone um, over to the park and a lady walked up to him and, and she um, handed him this beautiful Bible. And she said, here, would you please give this to Brenda and tell her we're praying for her because we think, we think she could use this. And that Bible went with me to, um, when I went to up to Minneapolis, um, sermons were sent to me by my friends from the church that I just, I listened to over and over and over again and heard those messages loud and clear. And I learned how to pray from the depths of my soul, uh, into my spirit. And, um, I laid in that bed because I didn't honestly know at that point, where I was in my marriage. I did not know about where I was at with my daughters. Um, I had hurt them so bad. Kristen and Melissa and, you know, my grandsons mean the world to me. Mine mean the world to me. And um, if I could tell you one thing, I gave it all to God because I was not only filled with guilt, I was full of shame. And there is a difference, you know, and, um, I, um, I just, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror, but as I was away and I was doing the praying and others were praying and I was healing and learning, um, 
I got to a point where I could finally stand myself again. Yeah. And um, my husband, he would, he would, he was so good. He would come and see me. And um, I finally went home and it wasn't long after we were home. He said, you know, let's just, let's just take a drive. And um, we did. We just jumped in the truck one day and we started heading east. And um, we ended up in Tennessee and um, spent a few days there and then worked our way out here to Virginia. Um, and one of the, the things that I remember the most, and I just shared in a recent testimony, um, at a, at a place called the gathering that I go to, which is, which has been a blessing in and of itself. But we were driving up through the mountains and I had shared a prayer with him about, um, you know, asking the Lord into our lives. And, you know, even though both of us were raised Christians, it wasn't something that we really shared our own faith with each other much about. And I had handwritten this prayer that I'd been praying all the time that I've been gone and gave it to him and asked him to please pray it to say it too, because I said, you know, God hears all of our prayers, but if he hears it from all of us, you know, it can't hurt. And, and he took it and he, and he assured me that he's prayed that prayer every day. Um, and recently he even gave that paper back to me and said he didn't need it anymore because <laughs> he's got that down. <laughs> but anyway, we were, we were leaving from here and we were heading up through the mountains and I had my head bent down in the truck and I was praying that prayer over and over and over. And I lifted my head up and I looked out the window and there were in the mountains, the Blue Ridge mountains were three huge crosses. Oh. It could not be coincidence. And I went, Oh, and I just knew he probably slammed on the brakes and yelled at her. <laughs> <laughs> what? I can just see how. That okay. That's another happen. podcast ladies <laughs> and gentlemen <laughs> that are listening. But anyway, um, he shows up and he asks us to pray so intentionally and, um, Jesus has been in my bathroom a couple of times lately. Yeah, I loved hearing that. I mean, I was like, ah, he was there again. This Cardinal and Jesus, like, I don't know what's going on, but. <laughs> Praise God. He's so faithful. Um, so I can say without a shadow of a doubt that God has blessed me with peace that I have never, never felt in my entire life. Like the peace that I feel now. And the joy that I feel in the little things that are huge things. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't notice them before. And he made them very present in my life. Um, I have been able to, I feel reestablish a bond with my grandsons that I was always close to my boys but they were sure aware of what was going on. And now, thank you, God, that I, they talked to me. They talked to me. And that is such a precious gift because 
you know, they're all at different stages in their life. But if we can talk through, you know, well, what are you thinking? Or how should you go about this? Or, you know, I'm careful to say, <laughs> this is how I did it. Because yeah. <laughs> they're like, this oh, is we what know. I've learned. <laughs> and, you know, it's uh, where we, you know, I can talk to my daughters um, and, and, and we can share things with each other about, you know, how can we, we work together, pray together for, for these boys. And I, I can't explain the feeling, but the day I was going to do my testimony, um, my grandson Stellan, um, I needed him to come out and move a vehicle so I could get out of there. And, and he came up and he sat out on the front porch with me. I was praying over my testimony and I was, you know, emotionally, um, just charged for getting ready for it. And he came up and I said, you know what day today is still in? And he's like, no, what? And I told him and, and we talked about it and, um, and it, it was just such a blessing. He was like, yeah. He said, you know, Stellan, I couldn't have done it without my family and without Jesus. And he goes, you know, Graham, you can't do a lot of things without Jesus. <gasps> yeah. Oh. And um, all my boys, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I just, that's a prayer. I pray for God to be in their lives each and every day and to guide them um, and to guide them. And I thank him so very much for giving me the gift of his love and his forgiveness. Um, and so that my family, if I can't love myself, it's very hard yeah. for others to love me as well. And the most important thing to me is the love of my family, my husband, my daughters, Kristen, Melissa, my boys, and um, just well, all the people in my life. It's very it's brave and people that are not in the situation don't understand it. And a lot of times that's the people that's closest and then people are angry and you know, it's a lot of things, but it's brave. It's brave to want to do the work because it is work just like any other thing it's work. And you know, again, it might take many, 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 many years for you to ever get to a point where you let go of maybe the feelings of, you know, of what maybe you could have done more for Chad or whatever. But what's most important right now is that you are setting the example. One thing that I love that Kristen, you know, a long time ago made the decision that alcohol was not going to be a part of her life and her boy's life. And that is one of the things that changed my life too. Um, one day she said, Praise you know, God. Amen. like my boys just don't know me as a drinker. And so, yeah, you know, my son will now have that chance too. And we were on a dinner cruise just a couple months ago. And, um, you know, it's also the culture. Um, we're on yeah. this cruise and it was like, you know, after you go to this island, you go back and that's when like it's open bar. And, um, you know, the, the guy was over the mic and he's like, all right, kids, send your parents up. They have to deal with you. So they need the booze or whatever. And AJ was like, well, my mom doesn't drink. She doesn't need the booze. And he just, uh, it wasn't that great. Everything, you know? And I mean, everything I did involved drinking, everything. Yep, every, me too. 
birthday party, baseball game, concert, you know, and um, there's, I, I love how you said joy. Um, Kristen would joy. tell me a lot of times, like, you know, joy is from God. And when you're broken, you can't feel that. So. Right. Um, you can't feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, you know, um, when, in mentioning Chad, you know, I, I even have peace with that. God has a plan. I don't control anything. Yeah. He controls it. And I just need to know that he's always there. And no matter what comes up in my life, no matter what, lean on him, rely on him because he will get you through. I chose to let go of his hand. He was always there. Yeah. I chose to let go. And when I grabbed hold and I grabbed hold tight, he showed me a different way. Yeah. And I do have peace with that. I do have perfect peace with that. Awesome. Um, yeah. I have one question before we have to get off here. If, if someone is listening, I guess it could be, maybe it should be from, if someone is struggling, what, what, what could they do? And then the second part is if you are the family of someone who is struggling, what can you do? You can, honestly, you could start at Alcoholics Anonymous, there are numbers, there are phone numbers that you can call to get in touch with someone. Um, they can guide you to treatment centers. They can guide you to counselors to talk to. Of course, you can talk to your your pastor or, um, you know, someone like that. But definitely reach out um, and research and, you know, find out what options are out there for you. Um, there is help. There is help and there is a way out. Yeah. There is a way out. And if you're someone, if you're the family of someone who's struggling, what, what can you do? Because that feels like a very, do you believe that a person's only going to stop when they decide they're ready? Mm-hmm. I totally believe that a person, you know, I, I have offered to, you know, if, if, so-and-so would like to talk or whatever, but please know that if they are not ready to surrender, if they are not ready to give it up, they will find every reason in the world to keep drinking. And it's not because they don't love you. Please know it's not because they don't love you. You know, when you open yourself to it, I feel like you open yourself to darkness to come into your life. You open yourself up to letting the devil in and you start walking down a slippery slope and, um, you know, just know they love you, but they have to be ready. And when they're ready, they can make the changes. So it just means that sometimes I hate when people say all you can do is pray because it's like, it's, that's what you can do. Like it's not the last resort. It's not the last, it's not the only thing that you can do. It is the thing that you can do because until someone's ready, there's nothing that you can do. And I think that there's so many people struggling and feeling like, what should I be doing? How has she not stopped? How has he not stopped? How is he not accepting the help? How is she not right? Why did, why don't they care enough about me that they would 
pick me? Why, why doesn't my mom choose us? Why does she keep choosing this? Why doesn't Chad choose his daughter? Why does he keep choosing this? And it can spiral you, you know? And I think that prayer is the only thing that you can do for a person. Pray that they become ready. And then, and then when they become ready, you be ready with, you know, be armed with these are the things that we can do to get you help. This is the place that you can go and just know that, you know, you just keep praying and don't give up on people. And you never know. I mean, I mean, I don't, don't know if I ever believed my mom would get better, you know, like this has been a long journey of our lives and she, here she is. Here she is. Now I'm, I'm buying her flights to stay, to stay longer <laughs> instead of leave earlier. Right. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Um, also there's like Al-Anon, um, yeah, oh, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. That's a wonderful program as well for those, yeah. for those family members. And you yes. know what? Sometimes you are in the moment, um, but you can still go to Al-Anon. I mean, a lot of times the reason we're in that hard place is because that's what was modeled to us. And so it's just, it's a learned behavior. It's that generational thing. Um, but it doesn't, mean that you can't still go to Al-Anon and yeah I would I did not mean to downplay AA I do think it is wonderful um and I do think many people I uh, I have a number of sober friends that would not be sober without it um and yeah I totally I mean we we each have to find our yeah the, the the best avenue that works for us you bet yes yeah absolutely and there will be you know, it's just kind of like anything in any type of healing, you know, at some point I would be like, Oh my gosh, I really, you know, whatever. So yeah, just know whatever works. Um, I'm sure that too, you can reach out to obviously to me, you can mm-hmm. reach out, you know, um, to any of us. And, um, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, again, I just want to reiterate that I think it's very, very, very important that you did go all the way back and, it's the hard part is reliving all of the parts yep. that you tried to forget. And I don't think that it's possible to get better without doing that. So that's a good job for doing that. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to, you know, it's kind of, um, freeing to be able to just even I feel free I can I don't have to keep saying well I can't really tell you what I'm talking about but (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) that's all out there you know and the main thing is to when you share your story I honestly my my true prayer was if there is anybody out there that's struggling and if this this can make a difference in one person's life and you can find God or whatever it is that works for you. I promise you, your life will change. You will have a better life. You can find peace. Yeah. You can find joy. Yeah. I, yeah. Even when it doesn't seem like it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were, I mean, I know on your drive to treatment the last time, I don't think you were thinking any peace was coming. I mean, you were so, just so deeply, deeply, I mean, just so sick. And so, I mean, I don't even know how to really explain that, but the depths of addiction addiction and I mean, just absolute despair. And, you know, she did, she did the hard work and here we are today. So, and we've talked about it too. I mean, 
it looks different for everybody. For some people, it's food. For some people, it's yeah. under eating. For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, you know, there are, you know, um, but the, the hard work is uncovering the whys and, you know, ending that for the people you know, there's so many people that need you. And like you said, your grandsons. And when you just told me that Stellan said that, like, that's a freaking huge, I mean, that almost made me cry harder than anything else. Just because <laughs> I know how desperately Kristen wants her boys to know the Lord, you know, and I know that there has been times and even with AJ sometimes and just the stuff that he's gone through. And, you know, I could have made the choice to continue to drink and all of this and wonder if I'm doing everything right or wrong, or is it going to mess him up? But what he needs is his mom being strong and his mom not drinking for his sake. And, you know, that's just what keeps me going. And, and it's hard. It is hard. There's days where I, you know, I went to this concert with him last week and I was just looking around and the feeling of joy um, over like, I was like, Oh man, they like have to like change the set in between the thing, you know, I'm like, <laughs> never noticed. That's when we were getting a drink and going to the bathroom. <laughs> But it's so many things that I just miss. So many movies, you know, I, we watch movies now and I can remember the damn movie. And it's like, hey, buddy, let's watch this movie. He's like, mom, we've seen that movie a hundred times. I'm like, right. Right. we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, exactly what mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah. I never saw a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she did, but she did. Right. Damn right. <laughs> or how yeah. many games, you know, I used to go to all the Badger football games or the baseball game, you know, who won the game? I'm like. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there to watch a game. Please don't ask me the score. (laughs) Or the concert was because I was always there for the tailgate. By the time the concert started, I was ready to go. My friends were always like this, you know, the concert's on now. I'm like, okay, well, I'm out. (laughs) You know, my party's over. It's time for me to go to bed. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, all jokes aside, that's, that's the reality. It was, that was very real and it's cool now to feel a joy see the stage being changed over <laughs> remember the movie you know all of the things so yeah all right well I love you thank guys. you mom i love you too i love you guys, you guys. You, happy mom. monday love you mom well that's a wrap on another episode of activate if you found value or were simply entertained please subscribe rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform also be sure to follow us on activate pod on facebook and instagram so you don't miss a thing thanks for your support today's the perfect day to activate your life we love y'all